part of the show since November just started. I'm going to give you a list of plants that's good for from about zone six to eight, but I'm, I'm in eight. Always remember, just take a look at your zone map and move it up or down. Uh, if you're in nine, of course, you're short. You've got a longer period. If you're in six or seven, uh, most of this will still go in the ground, but you're right at the upper end of that. But you can play that game easily with the new, as a matter of fact, the new zone charts are actually more accurate than the old ones. What They updated them you know, four or five years ago because the climate's changed. Autumn's end doesn't mean the gardening season is over, at least for us here in zones Seven, eight, nine, six, seven, eight. For most of you, is where most of my listeners are. There's still a, a window to get what I call cold-hardy greens, garlic, bulbs, and a number of cover crops in the ground. Though some may need a little protection. For the southern growers, and like beyond us, south of me, zone nine, November's the prime planting time for their cool weather. All their brassicas and their herbs and flowers, their root crops, and... They can't even usually handle that much summer heat, so this is the ideal planting time for those folks down south. As we enter the winter season, a soil thermometer will become a really, I'll tell you, your best friend. I don't only use it in my garden, I use my thermometers when I cook, and I begin to believe the thermometers are smarter than I am. Regularly checking the soil temp of the different beds you're planting in the different locations will help you gauge whether or whether or not you can plant certain crops in certain areas. Just as a sort of an aside, if you use season extension, what I call cold frames, row covers, raised beds, or if you even have greenhouse, the soil temperature is going to be much more accurate reference point than the ambient weather temperatures that you're experiencing. Even if the nights are still pretty cool, plenty of crops are still eager to brave the chill. I'm going to mention a few plants I don't ordinarily even plant myself until recently, but it expands my horizon. So there's going to be a couple of these things you may never have heard of, but if you go to a nursery, they'll have them. And this is mostly zone six to eight. I'm in the eight area. One of them is a green I never thought I'd appreciate name called Maché or Macha. It's actually in our language, my language, the only one I speak well, and that's not too good. I'm from Georgia. It's called Lamb's Lettuce, and it's really, really good in cool temperatures. Other people even call it corn salad. I don't know where that comes from. It's a popular wintergreen in Europe, but it's not known so much here in the United States yet. It is, here's the good side, folks. Even if you're in zone six, it's extremely cold hardy and actually prefers the cooler temperatures of this time of year, which they claim makes it even taste better. Seeds can germinate in temperature, uh, soil temperatures, as, as low as 50 degrees or a little lower and will go dormant in soils above 70 so it's strictly a winter crop for us. Once established, the plants can handle um, an amazing five degree Fahrenheit number and come right out of the frost and you can still turn right around and harvest them. Macho was once considered a winter weed in the cornfields, hence the name, now I know why, corn salad. But it's now a really cool gourmet green with the durability of a real wild plant. The leaves are slightly nutty and sweet and they're kind of a tender, they got a bite to them, a crispness to them that balances the spice. I mix them a lot of times with arugula, which we'll talk about, or endive, which is really a little bit bitter. And I love that the, the matches of rosettes, the salads uh, are really almost beautiful to look at. They're a beautiful, beautiful leaf, as beautiful as uh, a lot of the other spinaches and things we plant in the winter. 
And another one I hadn't planted until last season is called Clatonia. No, you're not going to know the word, but in the old English that I know, it's called Miner's Lettuce. And as a matter of fact, right, there's some people up in the D.C. area planted, they call it their winter purslane because it's a really vitamin-rich green for your salads that goes all through the winter. Few crops can actually handle the cold and dim environment of late fall and winter in a lot of our areas, especially the northern gardens north of me, zone six and seven. But Platonia, again, better known as miner's lettuce, um, they can't. They don't mind if they're a slight bit waterlogged. They don't care if the conditions are pretty dim. Uh, it'll slow them down if it's really a bad winter, but they will still continue to grow and be available to you all the way into the spring. They don't even need a heck of a lot of sunlight, although good news is a lot of the deciduous trees drop their leaves now, give them more light than they would ordinarily get. The plants are reliable uh, for really pretty rosettes. They almost have a come out of a center. It's a totally, totally different leaf than you probably look to see in your garden. And they regenerate for a second growth in spring. If you pick them all winter, when it gets a little bit warmer, they'll give you another whole crop. Now to some more normal crops. I've talked about this crop, I bet, three times in four weeks. Garlic. Garlic should have been in most of our area already by October, but it's by no means too late. If you get it in by the first or the middle of November, um, anywhere you're probably listening to this, it'll grow just as good. You'll just be a little bit later getting your uh, crop to come to fruition so you can collect it. Garlic's a little bit of a unique crop if you're used to planting other things because it operates kind of on the opposite schedule of a number of other vegetables. As a rule, you plant them in fall and you harvest them in late spring or early summer. A little bit backwards, but if you, you get them in early enough, and again, this is time. Actually, two weeks ago, and in most places we've been as good or better, but you'll still get one heck of a crop before hot summer arrives. Garlic bulbs enjoy the cool soils of autumn, but they need some time to get anchored before the ground actually freezes. Now, where I live, the ground doesn't freeze, so it's not a problem. On the flip side, too much fall warmth is bad because the garlic will get its young plants up and exhaust their energy before they get settled, sending up little tiny fragile shoots that uh, if a real cold snap comes, will, will, it will die back. Planting garlic too early is one of the most common mistakes. So this is probably the ideal time for those of us that are what I call casual gardeners. So you, you may have missed your perfect time by a week or so, really not. First of all, the weather patterns have changed. We're not sure what's gonna happen. So just go ahead. What you wanna do is get some really good, I've learned this the hard way, seed garlic from a reputable source and, and then separate your cloves. You can get it on Amazon has that, but a lot of them from the store folks have been treated so that they don't sprout as easily. So even though you think you're getting a good garlic, it's been chemically treated, unless you buy organic, which you can. So I go ahead and go to the, the actual garlic seed companies. And incidentally, an option I've learned to appreciate is to soak your cloves in a little bit of apple cider vinegar or, at, or maybe a little diluted seaweed uh, solution if you have it. Uh, it's been shown to prevent the risk of disease a lot. It really does help. Always place the cloves, I have, have a better term, butt down, the bottom folk, the roots should be at the bottom. The point should be standing up. 
and I'd give them six or eight inches apart, depending on exactly what varietal you've got, because some of them get pretty big, and get them a, you know, a few inches underground. It's an awful simple plant that is about as reliable as anything I can tell you to put in your garden. And for a plant you can both eat and enjoy that will also benefit your entire garden, find yourself some fava beans, F-A-V-A, fava beans. Fava is an awesome cool season annual legume. Listen to that word, legume. They can be grown as a harvestable edible bean crop, or you can use it as a cover crop. Favas taste a lot like buttery lima beans. They're really good. And they're usually harvested while young and green earlier spring than you might do some other uh, bean crops. The edible varieties tend to have giant seeds while the cover crop varieties are smaller, more to just put legumes in the ground. Both are though very edible. Don't let that bother you. Fava roots form a symbiotic relationship with uh, nitrogen-fixing bacteria, we call it rhizomiums or rhizomes, uh, that transform at atmospheric nitrogen into plant-available fertilizer in your soil. Whether you, I call it, chop and drop them as cover crops or you harvest the beans and compost the plants, your garden is still going to enjoy the added nutrient boost from the leaves and the plants as well as some really good beans if you don't let them get too late. And yes, folks, it's really not too late for onions in the 6 to 8, especially in the zone 8 area. They're reliably able to be seeded or transplanted throughout the whole month of November. This time of year, do kind of stick with your, what I call, um, intermediate onion varieties. They're, they're, they're called a source of day neutral. You're, if you're not familiar with which ones you can use, just again, go to your nursery. They are, if you have a good nursery now, not a giant box store, they'll know what onions have been brought in just for this time of year so you get the right onion in the ground. If you haven't planted onions, you might want to get to a little lazy or have them come up a little quicker. Go look for some onion sets. They're actually baby bulbs that are ready to plant, much like garlics are. And they yield a quicker result. They're a lot easier to get going. They're, they're already kind of up and ready when you get them. And they make great fresh green onions for winter garnishes or really reliable bulbs for the early spring harvest for, for your onions. I've got time to mention one or two more. One is arugula. It's an interesting plant. Uh, if you've been around a lot of plants or done a lot of planting, it's, it's kind of like cilantro. Some people just don't like it, some people do. Cilantro is the same way, although cilantro actually has a, a reason for that. But uh, we used to call it rockin' up north when I was young. It's kind of peppery. It's got a different kind of flavor. It is a, it, it is a brassica, and it loves chilly weather. There's two main types of arugula. There's a salad type and a wild type. Both have that peppery flavor, but wild types are even spicier and last longer in your refrigerator, so they're a little bit more hardy to keep at home. The seeds germinate in soil as cold as 50 degrees or so, uh, but there's not enough light to render any reliable speed of growth until spring. So the best are covered with a row fabric at the time of planting. You don't really need to do that, folks, in Zone 8 in this area, but it does help in, in zones further north. If you're in an area where you might, uh, flea beetles are a real problem for a regular. That's another reason a light row cover crop of right uh, over your plants kind of keep those bugs away till at least, you know, till the spring starts coming. And though it could be a little chancy, 
I wouldn't necessarily recommending direct seeding kale in November in most gardens, although it seems to work where I am. You can certainly transplant established seed, seedlings in a cold frame or an indoor windowsill somewhere. Kale varieties like Red Russian, which I grew last year, and Siberian are exceptionally frost hardy and even get sweeter as the nights get colder, or so they say, and I really do believe that's true. In most zones, you'll likely want to cover your kale with a a little tunnel, a generous layer of row fabric to get it uh, established if you're this late in the fall, especially north of me. Again, in my area, that doesn't seem to need to be done. And even if we get a little cooler than normal winter, which is somewhat predicted because of El Nino, we talk about that for a whole nother show, they will still grow. You may not get quite as much of a robust plant, but they will grow slowly and continue to produce greens until it gets warm enough in late spring or depending on where you are, early spring, that they actually bolt on you. So in a nutshell, if you'll pardon the pun, that's sort of a rundown of just a few of the many, many things. If if you're lucky to be in zone eight, which I just think is the easiest part of the country to grow in, and it's extensive. Look, Look yourself up. Some of the zone eights reach way further north in in certain areas, especially in the east, than they do in the west. So you need to find out exactly what your location is. Other than that, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Plant something every day. It's good for you, good for the environment, and good for your children. Thanks for staying tuned to 